Hi, this is your host, Gracie, and you're listening to Freedom From Shame. Welcome back, and thank you for taking a few minutes out of your day to join me in our journey to become free from shame. Today, we are going to talk about origins. Where does shame come from? Why do we experience it? What is it rooted in? I've been reading this book by Dr. Brene Brown called, I Thought It Was Just Me, But It Isn't, making the journey from what will people think to I am enough. My dad actually sent it to me in the mail after he started listening to my podcasts because he thought it would help me with my episodes. So dad, this is your public shout out. Thanks for the book and for being my biggest fan. In all seriousness, it's a really good book and I highly recommend it if you are interested in learning more about shame research. Dr. Brene Brown has interviewed countless individuals and has some pretty powerful ideas about building shame resilience and how to practice empathy with yourself and others. I'm going to borrow some of her material for the topic today. On the question of where shame comes from, Dr. Brown explains that part of the obstacle in overcoming shame and being free from its control in our lives is due to our beliefs about it. She explains that there is a small group of researchers who believe that shame has useful biological and evolutionary origins to serve as a guide for behavior and that shame is needed to help keep us in line. Dr. Brown adamantly disagrees with that perspective and states that there's no such thing as positive or constructive shame. A growing body of research is showing that shame is always destructive and moves people away from being able to grow or change. This is the same idea that was expounded upon in one of my previous episodes called The Shame Cycle. The thesis of Dr. Brown's book could be summed up by the first sentence of chapter one, which says, You cannot shame or belittle people into changing their behaviors. This concept goes back to what I briefly touched on in my introductory episode to this podcast, explaining the difference between shame and guilt. To quote Dr. Brown directly, guilt and shame are both emotions of self-evaluation. However, that is where the similarities end. The majority of shame researchers agree that the difference between shame and guilt is best understood as the differences between I am bad, shame, and I did something bad, guilt. Shame is about who we are, and guilt is about our behaviors. So we see that guilt, not shame, is useful for guiding behaviors and serving as a moral compass. Guilt finds hope to rectify a problem, whereas shame is hopeless, identifying yourself as the problem. If I feel shame about getting drunk and puking all over my friend's living room carpet, I might feel something like this. Oh my gosh, I am so humiliated. I can't bear to show my face to her. I can't imagine what she thinks of me. She probably thinks I'm such a mess and such a disaster. I can't believe I did that. I'm so embarrassing. Why can't I control myself? I'm such a loser. Guilt, on the other hand, would have very different self-talk and might sound something like this. Well, looks like I overdid it a little bit last night. I will have to be more aware of my limitations in the future. I bet my friend isn't too pleased with me right now. I should go over there and offer to help clean up the mess and talk it out to let her know I'm sorry and I won't do something like that again. It's guilt, not shame, that will guide my behavior to fix the problem and fix the relationship. Shame will cause me to want to hide and isolate, creating a bigger mess than my vomit all over the carpet. 
We see here that shame serves no beneficial biological or evolutionary purpose and is unlikely to have developed as a way to prosper our species. Dr. Brown reports that a growing number of practitioners are becoming aware of how shame is the root cause in a wide range of issues, including depression, anxiety, eating disorders, addictions, bullying, suicide, sexual assault, and all types of violence, including domestic violence. Rather than helping the human race, shame is destroying it. Another explanation to the origin of shame comes from the realm of religion and spirituality. Dr. Brown shares some of her research findings, and I'm going to read a direct passage from the book. The relationship between spirituality or faith and shame is a complex one. As you see in the illustrations of the shame web and the connection network, spirituality, faith, religion are sources of shame for some women and sources of resilience for others. I'm often asked if one religion was identified as more shaming than another. The answer is no. I saw no evidence of one religion or denomination being more shaming than another. I did see important patterns and themes in terms of how women experienced their faith and spirituality. For example, the women who talked about feeling shame used the words church and religion more. The women who talked about resilience used the terms faith, spirituality, and beliefs more. At first, I wondered if there was a connection between organized religion and shame. I didn't find one. At least half of the women who used the terms faith, spirituality, and beliefs attended church and were members of an organized religion. What did become clear to me is this. It is the relationship that women have with God, their higher power, or their spiritual world, that often serves as a source of resilience. The essence of resilience in a spiritual sense is about relationship, spirit, and faith. For many women, spiritual connection is essential to shame resilience. In fact, over half of the women who, as children, experienced deep shame around religion developed shame resilience by forging new spiritual paths. They may have changed churches or their beliefs, but spirituality and faith remain an important part of their lives. Another pattern that emerged is the belief that faith is about nurturing our best selves, and shame moves us away from that purpose. The sources of shame seem much more connected to the earthly, man-made, and interpreted rules and regulations and the social community expectations around religion. Do you go to church regularly? Are you loyal to the family religion? Are you raising your kids a certain way? Are you breaking rules that might shame the family or community? Do you know your place as a woman? Just like in many other institutions, corporations, schools, medicine, government, individuals and groups in leadership positions can use shame as an instrument of control. When this happens in a repeated and systematic way, the entire organizational culture becomes shame-based. I don't believe, however, that any institution is inherently shaming, including those institutions that make up our faith communities. For those of us who seek spiritual connection, understanding our faith history in relation to shame is very important. Many of the women who experienced religious-based shame as children found the greatest healing through faith and spirituality. Although they often changed churches, denominations, and sometimes even beliefs, they healed shame-based religion wounds with spirituality. I found what Dr. Brown had to say very interesting because I hear my own experiences echoed and validated by her research. 
For much of my life growing up, religion was a huge source of shame for me. And as Dr. Brown pointed out, much of that had to do with my perception of who God was. Today, I'll share how my image of God caused religion to be a source of shame for me. In a future episode, I will share about how a different image of God can be a source of freedom and shame resilience. It's an important topic to consider, even if you don't consider yourself religious. As humans, we are all physical, emotional, sexual, and spiritual beings. To find complete wholeness, we need to be healthy in each of these areas. It's impossible to have grown up in this world and not have been impacted one way or another about religion and spirituality. So it's important that we take the time to analyze what our beliefs and biases are in this area that can identify different ways that they may have affected us. For most of my life growing up, I had this idea that God was disappointed in me whenever I would make a mistake or fail to live up to the perfect Christian girl standard that was outlined for me. I was extremely hard on myself because I thought that shame and punishment was the only way to whip myself into shape. This was all that was modeled for me and it was all I knew. Rather than bringing out any lasting change in behavior though, it caused me to become hyper fixated on my flaws and everything I was doing wrong until that was all I could see. Every time I failed to reach my expectations for myself, I would sink deeper and deeper into discouragement and wondering what was wrong with me. I would set alarms on my phone for myself throughout the day as reminders to pray, but would ignore them because I was so discouraged by my lack of consistency and felt overwhelmed by the gap of where I wanted to be and my perception of where I was. I felt like I was the worst Christian because I couldn't wake up early every day to do my devotions and was convinced this meant that God was judging me for my lack of relationship with him. If any of you listeners out there grew up in a strict or conservative church, maybe you can relate to what I'm saying. Every time I slacked or did something I knew I shouldn't have done, I was convinced that God was mad at me. Rather than spur me to change, this fear of punishment and rejection caused me to distance myself from God even more and want to hide. This fits in with the biblical account in Genesis where Adam and Eve felt the need to hide and cover themselves with fig leaves after they ate the fruit they knew they weren't supposed to. They did this because they were afraid of God and afraid of punishment. And so we see here that when you boil it all down, shame ultimately is rooted in fear. Fear of punishment, fear of rejection, fear of abandonment, fear of judgment, fear of disapproval. The list goes on. As Dr. Brown correctly pointed out, it's someone's image or perception of God and their relationship with him that will determine whether or not their spirituality is a source of shame or of shame resilience. When you think of God, do you feel fear or do you feel love? Your answer may have far deeper implications than you think. If the spirituality theory is true in the origins of shame, which I personally think is far more likely than the biological or evolutionary one, then it's really important that we ask ourselves some difficult questions. We may have to go down a road that makes us uncomfortable, resentful, or skeptical. But but if we really want to be free from shame, then understanding the context we find ourselves in is a big part of that. If shame really does originate from the realm of spirituality, we can't continue denying we are spiritual beings. To deny that would be to deny that shame doesn't exist, and we have all dealt with and experienced shame. So if we are spiritual beings, let's agree to achieve spiritual wholeness the same way that we would chase after physical, emotional, or sexual well-being. In the same way that our relationship with food and exercise affects our physical health, our relationship with spirituality, and namely our relationship with God or a higher power, will affect our spiritual well-being. 
Just as there's no use denying that having unhealthy eating habits and consuming too many french fries can lead to coronary artery disease, there's no use in denying that having an unhealthy relationship with God and having a twisted perception of him can lead to increased fear and shame. In a future episode, we will look at different ways of looking at God and analyze the lenses and biases we already see him through. My goal is to help everyone become aware of how our perceptions influence whether or not our spirituality is a source of shame or a source of resilience, and how to move us towards freedom. Thanks for listening to this episode of Freedom from Shame. If you liked anything you heard today, please consider following and sharing this link with a friend. I deeply appreciate all your support and hope to see you next time.